0: everybody, welcome to Sonic Talk episode uh, 463, uh, recording today, Wednesday the 14th of September 2016. Uh, This is the sort of post-NobCon and 909 day and it's just been a kind of flurry of new equipment uh, 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 releases and exposure and all of those things. I'm going to start by uh, just If you don't know what we are, we're a podcast that's dedicated to music production, the technology around music production, uh, including live production, software, uh, beats, electronic music, all of that kind of stuff. So if you want to listen to us gas on about that kind of stuff for an hour or so, please do join us Uh, you can also subscribe to the channel much appreciated Uh, we do this every Wednesday uh, to enhance our other content which is a series of reviews interviews that kind of thing and more on the same subjects in fact hopefully tomorrow we'll have a review of the Keith McMillan K-mix coming out Uh, you can uh, see what I thought of that by tomorrow and if you subscribe you'll just get notified straight away nice and simple or just hang off the uh, join us on Twitter any of those kind of places where you get updates you know we send out the updates so you'll always find out what we're on about want to say thank you to to, uh, uh chat room got a nice fulsome chat room at, over at sonicstate.com forward slash live that's our own little IRC uh, chat room we've got but also if you're watching via YouTube live we welcome you because there's a chat room there as well so you've got two ways of doing it Like I say I do try and keep up on both of them but it's not always easy when I'm producing and presenting so excuse me if I miss your comment uh, anyway um, I also want to say thank you very much to our show sponsors isotope uh, they will be giving away a copy of their excellent vocal synth vocal processing plugin a little bit later on that's probably about halfway through the show. So uh, do stay tuned. Anyway, let's get on with the show. So we'll start off by saying a quick hello to Mr. Richard Hilton over there in Connecticut. Uh, Rich, back off the road for a little while uh, with Sheik. Uh, when he's not on the road, he's generally in the studio with Niall. So pretty much 100% Nile Rogers kind of, uh, kind of existence in terms of your professional musical stuff. I'm sure you do other stuff. That's a massive generalization. How are you, Rich? Are you well? Very well, thank you. Excellent. I'm very glad to hear that. Have you been away this week? Yes, because you didn't make it last week, so you must have been on the road, right? I was in Rome last week, performing oh. with a 60-piece orchestra in a public square to a very
1: large number of people.
0: I remember you saying about that, and did, that sounds awesome.
1: Yeah, so it was. It was fun. Did they,
0: did they dwarf the dynamics of an electronic band, or, uh, or were you able to kind of... Because that's a lot of sound to try and get together into one PA system, right?
1: yeah. And from the sounds of what I heard on stage and from the sounds of what I hear from the videos that have appeared, it, they did a great job. There, was a number, there were a number of people involved in the mixing, obviously.
0: And was it broadcast? Yes, it was. Ah, I wonder if we'll ever get to see that. That sounds like, I can imagine the sound of all those strings happening on some of those Nile Rodgers tunes. Mmm, must have been a joy to behold. Did they get all of those? Because uh, they're very specific articulations, isn't it, for the disco strings? Did they, did they embrace that? They did a
1: very good job. And uh, we had a day of rehearsal the, the previous day to work out any articulation issues or whatever, but they were really close as soon as they got there and only got closer by the time of the show.
0: Excellent. Well, it's the sort of thing, it's like Beatles songs, isn't it? Everybody knows how they go, and I imagine if you're a string player, you must know like almost instinctively, like from osmosis, how to do that sort of stuff. Anyway, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. We've also got Mr. Suit and Tie Guy, fresh from NobCon. Hello. Uh, uh, in fact, I've got a picture of you here, which I really, really like. This is the uh, the mayor of KnobCon. That's an awesome sash there. <laughs> I like that. So KnobCon, <laughs> uh, obviously, just just been <laughs> have you not seen that one is that a, is that a new one <laughs> i like it
2: uh no, it was my my friend nathan took that i think yeah that's uh, a, a Na- nathan a yeah.
0: excellent so so uh, you've been you basically are just back from dobcom i guess it's kind of quite local to you i don't know whether it's you know a long drive because i know you zoom about all over the place with your equipment so it may or may not be close
2: uh, well Nobcon takes place outside of uh, basically in an area that we call Chicagoland, which is uh, uh, you know, the greater Chicago area. Uh, I'm halfway in between Chicago and Saint Louis, so Nobcon's only about like two and a half, two, two and a half hours away.
0: Only, he says. God, that sounds like such a long time in terms of UK driving, but I guess that's the geographical uh, difference. So, uh, well, I mean, we saw we ran a live blog. Uh, Katie Kilobyte was uh, running some stuff in there, uh, and hopefully we'll see some footage from that as well. I mean, how did it go? I mean, it's looked like a great success, right?
2: Uh, it, it, I, 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 had, I had an expectation of, I said, I hope 600 people show up and 600 people showed up. So I'm delighted. Excellent. And um, yeah, it it was. Uh, it, there were some there were some difficulties that we had that could have basically derailed uh, the event that I didn't foresee. And uh, we have our act together well enough that it it was almost like they didn't happen. So
0: that's great when that happens. I mean, because I mean, this is what it's your fifth year or sixth year now.
2: Yeah, this was Nobcon year five.
0: Okay, so and you had a lot of speak, a lot of uh, people, uh, and more importantly, well, not more importantly, just as importantly, you got some of the big guys there. Roland was showing their recently announced equipment. I mean, so a lot of focus on the place. So, did you do you fill the hotel? Is everybody staying the night there? Because that that sounds like a gas.
2: Yeah, oh. yeah. Uh, most of the most of the participants do actually stay on site, or extremely, or they're local. You know. Um, we sold um, plenty of room nights. Um, we, we did 125 more room nights than we did uh, the previous year, so that was good. Uh, the more room nights we sell, the more the hotel likes us, the easier it is for us to negotiate for next year
0: ah right so i mean that that must be uh, very rewarding because obviously if you're going on and on then you can kind of when you can take over the entire venue and then you know just do your thing that must be that i guess that's the goal right and then on to bigger and better things
2: yeah well this uh this hotel i, I this is the same hotel we were at the first two years and we were the first two years of knobcon we were in the very front part of the hotel in a couple of meeting rooms that weren't actually designed as meeting rooms they were like uh like a restaurant and a comedy club that they had you know that they had closed or they the tenant had moved out and they just kind of turned them into meeting rooms um and now those two rooms were like ancillary rooms for us and we had half of the uh grand ballroom in the hotel and we had the entire downstairs and next year i hope to have basically the entire hotel
0: Excellent. That sounds great. So, I mean, there must have been, I mean, you had speakers, you had, I saw Mark Doty was there, um, I mean, uh, amongst many others. So, uh, I'm just going to ask you for a kind of couple of highlights for you from the show because we did see a bunch of stuff via Instagram and Twitter and what, all of those things. But is there anything that really stands out for you? Uh,
2: well, we had uh, Bill Hemsath, uh, Mr. Moog himself was our uh, guest of honor um, and the, uh, the winner of the uh, 2016. Knobcon uh, Lifetime Achievement Award. And uh, 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 Chris Meyer, the engineer that kind of designed, uh, he came up with the idea of vector synthesis. He did a workshop um, about how the Profit VS happened. Uh, Mark Doty did two workshops um, Synthesizer Basics and Synthesizer Mints. Uh, this was also the first year that we uh, offered uh, booths for people that wanted more space and. and were willing to pay for it, and we even kept those really affordable, and we still have maintained uh, a table price of $35, so this is something that is open to everybody. Um, you would have to be very broke to not be able to afford to set up a table at NobCon if you can get there. So, yeah,
0: I'm that, I'm, uh, I, I I know last year I said I really must go, and I, I couldn't make it this year, and I feel very uh, ashamed of myself for going. I know, Rich, it looks like a blast. I mean, the, the whole convention thing is quite, you know, it, it's it's, that's, it's a big, it kind of started in the States, didn't it? That kind of notion of taking over a hotel and doing uh, a, a kind of uh, an event based around single interest, you know, side of things. <coughs>
1: I'll take your word on that. I don't know where it started, but it's a beautiful thing when you get together with like-minded people and enjoy sharing your interest with them, and you end up making a lot of new friends. It's always cool to go to one of those kinds of things. That said, I haven't attended a KnobCon yet, and I hope to in the future.
0: Yeah, I mean I think, you know, as it grows and grows and grows, it'll be it'll be it'll be the foolish you don't attend and that's why I feel somewhat ashamed of not making it this year. But I mean apart of apart from that, I mean we were last show we were talking about, you know, what was coming with nine oh nine day. I'm guessing so you were probably a bit preoccupied to be sitting on a twenty four hour stream watching what the stuff was rolling, was coming back, and then actually knowing that it was gonna show up at the show. So you actually got to see a bunch of the stuff in the flesh, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, no, it was great. Uh, I got to see the um, uh, I got to see the System Eight, and the T B 3 the TR09, that stuff. Uh, what I was really happy about is uh, I don't know if uh, a, a lot of the uh, Sonic State uh, listeners probably are familiar with uh, the Synth Freak. These uh, two, these twin sisters that make YouTube videos of them playing in their apartment. Then um, they're they're half blind and half deaf. And they only hear over a four-octave range. And uh, I bring them up to KnobCon every year because um, I think they're really cool and very talented. And I want to make their their life better. And um, so uh, Danielle, who's uh, half of the Synth Freak, um, she, uh, she plays a Jupiter-8. Ooh, so and, right. Yeah, and it, uh, it, it doesn't belong to her. It, she's caretaking it. Uh, for a, a, a Norwegian that can't, uh, he he bought it and the import duty was going to be a lot. Uh, so he said, you can, you know, he really liked their music. So he let them, he parked it at their apartment so they could use it. And they, it's been there for five years.
0: Oh, nice. And
2: uh, eventually <laughs> it won't be there. So I went to Roland and I said, look, the system aid, this thing looks really cool. Can you give me this thing overnight uh, so we can, you know, so I can get some quality time with it with Danielle maybe we can, you know, record it um and do something with it. So we uh, made that happen. And um also uh another person that showed up at KnobCon, a guy that I've been friends with for about ten years, uh Matt Baxley, he uh, his uh, his YouTube name is Moot Booksley. Uh and he's he's mm-hmm. actually got some very, very, very high count YouTube videos for Uh, a modular synthesizer solo he did back in like 2008 that has like a million views and a lot of talk box videos and he showed up like he just knocked on my door and like came in and like danielle and matt and i had a jam and matt was playing finger drums on his iphone and it was uh an incredible experience and i can't even believe it happened
0: Oh, that's awesome. I mean, I think the thing about this is I mean, we kind of knew it was coming that the leaks weren't t- totally contained were they rich? I mean this new roller stuff I mean although you know we we're, we're talking about the boutiques and the v p o three I mean I was going to start with the system eight, obviously because that seems to be the kind of the eight voice okay virtual analog plug out synth with the with the Jupiter eight I mean, I had a play with it, and I was pretty impressed. Have you had a chance to see any of the footage or you know being exposed to it because I know you probably you're probably connected right.
1: I didn't see footage on the System Eight. I did see some footage this morning from the show notes on some of the other pieces that were very interesting, but I, I didn't get much on the System Eight yet. So I'm interested uh, well, in your impressions.
0: I tell you what, I might, uh, I might be able to give you a little bit of a preview because I did, I did have a video queued up, but it actually found it a little bit. Uh, it, it wouldn't play by the system, so let me see if I can well, get this to look go. At the system Eight, as you know, this is broke. Over the this weekend. is at BPM. We get a demo also from David Arlen, their local specialist. Uh, but uh, one thing I have found, if you come down here, just come right close up here a sec, is performance mode. So we've got splits and layers. This is very ad hoc. I don't know what I'm doing here. So, so just I'd just like to apologise if people say, why aren't you? Yes, <laughs> I have to say. <laughs> Tell you the one thing that I felt at the time was I was really astonished at I I can hear them in the bud these buds which aren't very there's a lot of really a lot of low end in that signal which may or may not be a good thing better to have it than not though I feel these are performances rather than memory. Let me take that out of there. I seem to have I seem to have zoomed my screen without inadvertently right. Let me just stop that. Well, basically, so the system A um, seems to have two. Two oscillators plus a third sub oscillator which I think will follow the wave and it's also got uh you could split the thing into two four voices' it's got three plug out uh, plug outs c- slots comes with a Jupiter eight model comes with a will come with a Juno 106 model the one we I saw there didn't have one I don't know if you saw one in uh, the States suit did, did well, it was yours just just the Jupiter eight as well.
2: Yeah, you hit the you hit the plug out two button and it says Juno 106 coming soon.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, what were your impressions about it? Cuz I know you got your hands on a couple of new things cuz I know the Deep Mind there was, was there as well, which I saw you incorporated into one of your performances, yeah. but Yeah. I uh
2: I want to talk about the I want to talk about the System 8 first uh, since that's what I spent the most amount of time on. Uh, we had it we like we we were playing with it for about 6 hours and uh, I thought it sounded really good. It's like a Jupiter eight thousand uh, updated, in my opinion. Uh, if you like the Jupiter eight thousand, you're going to love the System Eight. Uh, this is kind of the VA I really wanted to see Roland make, and um, I I can't. I would like I would like one. Um, I'm probably going to get one. Uh, it has a couple of features that I really enjoyed, which are actually that it has a. Uh, it has a polyphonic step sequencer, uh, which is extremely easy to use. You uh, you hit the stage uh, that you you can do step edit where you actually like play a sequence of chords in
0: right it, so per step
2: yeah and but you can edit it because you can grab the step when you're in step edit mode and then either like play a new play a, like play a different group of chords um, or turn it into a rest or a tie. Now. What makes this really exciting for me is that the System Eight has a trigger input on the back. Okay, so a lot of my uh, music that I do live uh, it relies on a Juno Six that's being triggered from a trigger sequencer in my modular. Now I'm right I'm thumbing to my back, even though the modular is not there. I just kind of always feel like it's there anyway. Uh, so the 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 idea of being able to use something like this, okay, but being able to interface it with my modular and like possibly use it in place of my Juno 6 is extremely exciting. And um, the only problem, like one of my problems with it, and I am going to talk about my problems with it, uh, is that the trigger input advanced the step sequencer, but in whatever build of the software I was using, it did not advance the arpeggiator. I would like to know Ah, it is supposed to advance the arpeggiator if it doesn't advance the arpeggiator from the trigger input that would be a gigantic mistake on roland's part uh another thing is um i we we actually had uh and you've seen the i think that you've seen the video of this is uh a uh we had the the jupiter 8 and the system 8 actually facing one another so we were able to you know, a, one do of, a bit of AP, playing.
0: yeah,
2: yeah, and I actually thought the filter sounded. I was I was pretty impressed. I was pretty right. impressed. Uh, it's interesting. My, it's in,
0: yeah, carry on.
2: well I was the 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 resonance. So this is my Jupiter Eight, okay? Yeah. Um, and uh, this is the one that we took, and uh, it's possible that there could be a problem with mine. Um, in far as this, but uh, I, I I doubt it is that the resonance was there was more resonance on the system eight versus mine,
0: right? But okay? so
2: when we figured out how to back it down on the system eight and then do the same and then make it sound the same, it did sound the same. So.
0: It's interesting you say that. I actually spoke with uh, I forget the name. i Well, I wasn't given his name, but uh, at BPM I met the uh, product manager of the whole range he'd come over because he'd been in berlin for the 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 berlin part of the 909 day 24 hour thing and i was asking you know how do you how do you model uh, something like this because they all sound so different. Do you have like a gold master back at, uh, at Japan or do you have like a range of them that you average out? And he said, no, we have a gold master, then we have four or five other ones and we compare the difference between them. But the gold master is the one that we use because they, uh, you know this, Rich, as well. I mean, you work with Duran. The, the, they all sound different, basically. That's part of the problem. Everybody's kind of jupiter right? has a different, slightly different character and sometimes it's almost impossible to match them up, right? So I've heard, yes,
1: by by people who have more than one of them.
0: Like yeah Nick. there aren't there aren't many <laughs> but yeah mm-hmm. there there are a, a couple so i think that that's that's i guess that's to be kind of expected but it's interesting to see also that it's got uh it seems to be i mean because i know ty was really excited about this as well i mean he's sort of less less excited about the beringer more excited about the jpa he sort of feels like the the va part of it is is something that he's really interested in and and there. Uh, I don't know if you've seen the spec, Rich, but it's actually really quite impressive because it's got a bunch of effects on board as well. And each of the effects, it's basically like having two four-voice systems, but you can link them together and have eight voices or you can have different plug-outs in each one. Um, The other thing that I saw that was really cool, as well as the three plug-out slots, there's an SD card on the back and the SD card will save setup, but it will also save additional plug-out slots that you can bring in from the sd card without having to do that via the computer because did you i don't know rich if you got the chance to play with the system one at all which was actually kind of fun but you had to hook it up to a computer to to do all of that you know to get get the new plug outs in so it made it a bit more kind of you know take it home or take your computer on the road which you don't want to do that between songs right i would imagine in my own show in the show (laughs) we do No, no,
1: but i could see doing it in certain kinds of presentations yeah, I'm a little behind the eight-ball-on-the-gear thing because I've been on the road, like, yeah, much no, I of can the year, and I haven't touched a lot of this stuff. So,
0: I'm, But I'm keenly interested. Cool. Well, uh, well, hopefully we'll be able to inform you more because, uh, I, like I say, I saw it. So, Sue, so, uh, so did you... Did, so, do you think the kind of basics are fairly similar the oscillators, that sort of thing? They got, I mean, the model on the Ju8 that I I I checked was was pretty good. I mean, it was missing some of the highs and lows, but these have got 96k audio, really? have not they? Which I think the boutiques did. They only go to 48, or was I wrong about that? I may be wrong.
2: Yeah, I I, I believe that the boutiques are lower resolution, but uh, that's. Uh, I, I have no proof of that, or or. I source. think maybe the
0: first, the one thing I did find is uh, they 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 built a new custom chip. So the DSP chip inside the System8 is a higher resolution, so they can do it's 24 bit 96 as standard, and it goes via Ira into you know at the moment the MX1. But with all of these things coming along that you can feed the audio out via USB, I'm guessing there must be room for another you know set of mixer products or whatever. Um, anything? I was dis- I was surprised to only see one LFO though. Did you get a chance to check out these LFO modes where they're supposed to be a virtual second LFO?
2: No, I was I was actually like too uh, too busy like learning about the other aspects of the synthesizer, just how to you know like how to use the step sequencer, and we uh, like I saw the trigger in I I, I didn't know what it did. And so I got a cable and connected the gate out of of my of my pal here into the trigger input of the uh, system eight. I programmed some chords into the system eight, and then Danielle played a key on the JP eight, and she stepped through the chords for me. <laughs> and it so was uh, it was pretty neat.
0: Nice. So, I mean, the other thing that uh, obviously we, we heard on nine oh nine at nine oh nine day was the tr nine oh nine. And again, I saw um, the nine oh nine and the three oh three and the vpo three, which maybe we'll talk about in a bit. Did you get? I mean, I'm you got you kind of got a bunch of old drum machines and you. you I don't, have you got a nine oh nine? Yeah,
2: I. Uh, yeah, well, let me. Yeah, do oh. I have a nine oh nine? Yeah, there I've we got, go. I have a nine oh nine. I brought all the rolling stuff out into the shop for the show. Uh, this is my 909. This is my 808. The 727, the 707. Uh, my live keyboard rig uh, has uh, a case that I call the Hot Mix 5. Uh was designed to hold a Corgi SX and the 808 and the 909 and the Juno 6 and a Zox box. And uh, I like the Tier 8 enough that I now have three of them. Right. And I am leaving these. Um, the antiques in the studio now.
0: Yeah, well, that makes sense because you take the whole lot on the road. So, okay, I mean, yeah, you, everybody... You, uh, <laughs> people always <laughs> say, don't they, uh, yeah, 909 emulations are never as good. I mean, I don't have a 909, so I can't tell, but I'm guessing you you must have had a chance to look at the uh, new boutique TR09. Uh, yeah,
2: actually, the, the, the TR09 is the other thing that I did play with because uh, uh, we also had it in the room as well. And uh, I... I thought it was really, really neat. It I couldn't I didn't think it sounded any different than my TR8. Uh, I'm still going to continue to use the TR8. Right. But what's really neat about the TR09 is that the operation of it is almost identical to the 909, except it fixes the biggest problem with the 909, which is that you can't go from pattern write mode to pattern select mode without stopping the sequencer. Um, and now they've fixed that. Um,
0: after, and what, how many, what was that, 35 years? I, I, yeah, I refrained
2: from mentioning how long it took them to fix it. <laughs> Jeez, you'd think they not. could
0: just release a new OS for the, for the 909, right?
2: <laughs> I, I would have I paid money for that, I'll tell you.
0: So, uh, I, and, I mean, I guess the thing is, I mean, from what I saw, the other thing that was really cool about the uh, TR-09 is it's got um, a little uh, trigger out. So before, yeah. you know, like with the 808, you, you'd use the cable or the rimshot output to click, to clock gates, but it's got its own one, so you can fire it into other kit. Because um, I know, I mean, that's the classic thing, isn't it? It's like Trevor Horn started out. All of those, you know, everybody started out with an 808 and a, and a trigger output, and, and the 909 is no different, really. I mean, I guess the rimshot was used for that. I'm guessing, you know, the thing about drum machines is you either need them or you don't. And I, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm imagining sometimes, Rich, you're not looking for the perfect 909 sound. But, you know, it, I guess the cuteness of it is a factor with this. It does look really cute. Are yes, you, are you, that, that's the thing with Ty was saying. I, I have to have them all now because I, then I have the set. I mean, are you attempted by any of these boutiques yet? Um, I might be.
1: I might be. I'm even more tempted by some of that new product that they were showing. Uh, but but the boutiques looked really cool, and I really liked the way they sounded in the demo video. And boy, that guy gives good demo.
0: Uh, was that the, the one? Was that David Ireland? That guy. The or guy. The,
1: he did the whole singing demo into the uh, vocoder. You complimented oh, him.
0: Oh yes, that's right. That's right. Because uh, he was. He's, yeah. He, he's on the He's the kind of acid. He, I mean, because he was do, doing the System Eight stuff, for, uh, the System, the the System One, the IRA stuff, and the Boutique stuff for a while, and it was it was very acid. I mean, I thought I, I couldn't speak for the uh, uh, the TRO Nine, but the, certainly the TB03 definitely sounded better to me in terms of you know. I mean, I'm not again, I'm not a 303 nut, but it sounded much more present and and realistic and that was one thing that was kind of cool as well and i guess if you need the 303 then you know that might be your best and it's bigger it's actually larger than the original which is an unusual so i don't know what you how do you spe- how do you deal with that so when you make something that's actually bigger than the original what's that that's like uh, that maxifying i don't know what would you call that then so did you did you see the 303
2: uh i saw the, th- the 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 tbo3 on the show floor so we didn't get any you know we didn't get any bedroom time with it so to speak, but uh, I, I did see that it has a feature that I am extremely pleased to see, which is that it has a trigger input. Yeah, and so you can uh, you can write a three zero three line and then you can step it from a trigger sequencer like my trigger trigger many store trigger sequencer. Um, I for acid lines right now. I'm actually using um, I'm I'm using a Arturia oh, yeah, KeyStep right uh, with a, a Mam MB33 Retro that replaced my Zoxbox, right, and I'm making the best acid lines of my life. They're great because I can with the KeyStep I can program a sequence in real time, and then uh, like while it's running and while it's being triggered by the modular, I can add and subtract notes from the end of the sequence so i can work in a in a very dynamic fashion the guys from arturia uh were really really pleased to see that in my set and uh, actually like directly complimented me afterwards it was really flattering
0: excellent well i think that's the, that's the, the thing because obviously the the 303 only has it can you get up to two bars in it or is it just 16 steps i can't remember the original it's probably just 16 steps so that's why you get that repetitive thing. But uh, as David Ireland pointed out, when you take a, a trigger out from, uh, say, the TRO9 and just advance it based on certain triggers, you can actually, you know, divide and randomize the pattern really yep. well, which I think worked pretty cool, worked pretty good.
2: Yep. Yeah, that like that kind of dynamic interaction is something that I've been working with for, uh, I mean, even even before I was using a modular sequencer. Uh, sequencing system. Um, I was using. I you know. I I helped develop numerology, and I did things like that in numerology, and then you know. Then I went on to do it in in hardware, you know, with the the Juno six, and and the trigger sequencer, and um, it, it, it's a. I can't imagine life without that for me. You know. Uh, this. <laughs> the sub 37 i'm
0: sure i'm sure you could imagine like a day-to-day life but maybe not musical life right
2: <laughs> well yeah not not the kind of music that i make not the way that oh. i do it i i was the the, the deep mind uh, also can do this okay uh so i actually requested i sent an email to peter over at uh i think it was peter is that the chap's name over at midas um
0: yeah oh yeah
2: yeah and i said hey you guys are coming to KnobCon. I'm really excited about this. Can I play the Deep Mind during my set? You know, I'm just going to pull the Juno out and put the Deep Mind in its place. And uh, and they said, yeah, sure. Uh, so I uh, they showed up like 30 minutes before I played.
0: <laughs> right, oh, so can I ask I you to hold that? Can I ask you to hold that thought? We're just oh, yeah, at the point where we could where we can br- uh, we could just inter- have a quick break and uh, introduce a word from our sponsors. That sounds a bit crass to stop you mid-flow, but I could see that we were going to head off into that territory, which I really want to talk about. And I want to give it enough time. Okay, so uh, let's just have a little word from our sponsors. Uh, it's always nice to hear from them. There's Isotope, of course, will be bringing you the uh, news about vocal synth. Yes.
2: Tell me Tell me
0: multiple processing modules the Isotopes vocal synth offers you uh, five part harmonisation uh, sub octaves, unisons, all that kind of stuff very intelligent classic vocoder as well these are all separate modules so you can mix and match CompuVox, which is more like, I guess sounds a bit more Sennheiser, talkbox as I say, without the dribble all come together in one unit. You can always download this. You can get a free uh, demo, uh, which works, I think it's a time limit demo, but go to isotope.com forward slash vocal synth to check it out. Once again, we thank Isotope for their continued sponsor of the show. And of course, we do have uh, a winner from last week's competition, which I would just like to bring out. Uh, let's see. Last week, uh, episode 462, uh, we asked you to tweet the hashtag Superharmonies and Vocal Synth, uh, and we got a winner. And the winner was a chap called Dylan Buckle. Uh, as you'd expect it to be spelt, his Twitter handle is at DylanBuckle1, and he tweeted uh, super harmonies and vocal synth to Isotope Inc and Sonic State, and he said vocal synth the digital harmony army come. Come on, Trooper! These harmonies are super. I thought that's pretty inventive. You actually put a little rhyme together, which is awesome. So, uh, th- if you want to get in touch, Dylan, uh, we'll be able to put you in touch with Isotope, and they'll be able to pick. You'll be able to pick up your free copy of Isotope's Vocal Synth. And of course, we do have another competition this week. We don't let you go away empty-handed. Uh, you need to be on Twitter for this, as ever. What you need to do is tweet the hashtag #ThickOctaves as one word, #ThickOctaves, and the hashtag #VocalSynth to at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. So that's the hashtag Thick Octaves, one word, and the hashtag Vocal Synth at Sonic State and at Isotope Inc. And then you will be entered for the competition. Once again, we thank them for their continued sponsor of the show. So, right, this is the other thing that's uh, that's come up. Uh, I, I hope you don't mind us talking about the uh, the Deep Mind, Rich. Uh, it's been a while since it's hit the news. What with all these other synthesizers coming in, it's it's almost impossible to uh, to avoid any kind of synthesizer. At like least this, but... it
1: exists now. At least you're talking about something you may have actually touched or seen.
0: Well, I have a confession to make there because I have actually touched and seen it for quite some time because I've had a prototype here uh, for a little bit, but I'm still waiting for the full thing to come along so that they don't want, I don't really want to review it without the final firmware and hardware and they, they prefer not as well because I think they're still working on some of those things. But as we know, uh, Soup was starting to talk about the fact that he was uh, he was playing there uh, and you got the chance to, uh, to, well, I'm guessing that was a pretty nervous moment when you go, right, yeah, I'll replace this element, this this existing element in my life setup with something I've never seen before. So, uh, I, <laughs> yeah.
2: I, I spent four years playing live shows with the freshest alpha build of numerology, so I'm uh, used to living life on the edge. Right. Uh, so uh, it really wasn't that big of a deal, you know, as a if you're a professional musician, uh, you have to be prepared for things to work or not work, and uh, and know how to deal with it. Uh, well, I guess so, when you've got a lot
0: of keyboards like you have, it's at least you've got a kind of. I could always, I'll just go to this one instead. If it's your only one, that's probably different. But yeah.
2: Yes, that, that's actually one of the reasons why I have a very uh, large keyboard rig that's highly mm-hmm. decentralized. To uh, uh, to uh, for. Uh, you know, like uh, kind of redundancy purposes. Oh, okay. Um, it, it's a, it's, a, it's I, an insurance against <laughs> the <laughs> inevitable failure of equipment. <laughs> so, uh, Rick, but
0: anyway, they, they, um, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, Rich, uh, with, when you're essentially with one now, are you starting to feel like maybe you need a few more keyboards around you on the sheet gigs, or is it just simplicity the best for you? Um,
1: I, it's, I'm not like staunch about any of it but i'm quite comfortable doing the show we do now on two keyboards
0: right oh yeah because you have one on top as well don't you i forgot yeah,
1: about yeah um, it's music. pretty well choreographed across the two keyboards yeah i couldn't doing it with one would be really
0: hard but uh, oh, doing it with two is cool so yeah so so they both have to work i guess but yeah but for
1: example if i needed to do any actual live synthesis these romplers i play are not well suited to that and so there would need to be a third keyboard for me to do that on if it ever came to that
0: Oh, that you never know. Right. I like the idea. I like the idea of Rich making filter mouth at the uh, 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 on the <laughs> on a televised sheet gig. <laughs> okay. Well, I,
1: I will. There is a vocoder break in our show now, but it's handled by the other keyboard player. Very well, by the way.
0: Ah, well, we should maybe we should mention the VPO three at some point. For bit, which, but.
1: for which he's using a JDXI these days.
0: Oh, really? Yes. Ah. We've just
1: switched over to the JDXI for this fu- purpose. Because it's so small and so versatile, and does a pretty darn good vocoder as well.
0: So, and you can put sort of patterns together back in the hotel room if you don't. That was, I must admit the review that I really enjoyed it was really good fun. I mean, limited, but you know, a great fun thing. Anyway, sorry, I'm veering off. So, so Sue, so you get so you get your hands on the DeepMind Twelve and meet the engineers. I mean, how did you find it? Because I mean, in the hands of you know someone who knows about synthesis, we're always interested to hear an opinion on that
2: well uh they set it down and i plugged it in and i you know they knew that i was going to use it with uh, the the uh, you know i told i told peter over email that i i was going to use it with uh my trigger sequencer and i asked him if that function was working on it like the the arpeggiator yeah. being stepped by the right. by a trigger gotcha. sequencer, and um I found, uh, you know, I just went to the ARP edit page and I found where you could, you know, or I might have been in global or something, whatever. I, It only took me a couple minutes to find the parameter to edit, uh, but I was unprepared for the fact that it could support both V trig and S trig, and I accidentally selected S trig because it's there's a plus, there's like a plus sign or a or a minus sign in between. Um, you know, it's like ARP. You know, some and anyway, it, it, when you, if anybody gets a deep mind, they'll they'll see this parameter. And I was I was too stressed out, and I accidentally selected the one with the minus. Not I thought it was a dash. I didn't realize I was. Ah, so like you
0: got your you got negative, your poli- negative you got, trigger. So you got your polarity <laughs> wrong.
2: Yeah. So what wound up happening is that when I when I actually did bring the arpeggiator into the mix, it was out of sync, and I. I, I just said like oh that part doesn't work I'll just not use this um, ah. but I did use it for the first fifteen minutes for some uh, for some un- polyunison textures where I I was having it just kind of make a a, a, K, a really uh, thick atonal right uh, chord and then slowly over the course of the first ten minutes of my set I think I I, I kept on bringing it down. Uh, closer to uh, to tonality, and so it what? Did you? What really, did you what really did,
0: cool. So did you get any chance outside of that to kind of play with it and, and meet the guys? I mean, I'm just curious on your thoughts of perhaps any of the other because obviously, big news, different, uh, you know, di- a new category really for a, a big manufacturer. Same as you know, as with Roland and their DJ 808, which we might talk about.
2: Yeah. The, well, first of all, I was, I, the the two guys that came over from Midas, they were very very nice to me uh they i was i was extremely delighted that they came uh i as if if you remember from nam uh beringer didn't uh actually have any gear at nam uh they just no, had, no, a that's big, right.
0: they had a big they had a giant it was a, like a skyscraper wasn't it yeah
2: yeah it was just a <laughs> big wooden box with a bunch of guys with clipboards so i can now say that beringer sent more gear to Nobcon than they did to nam this year so Woo. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Excellent, but
2: uh, uh, they—I did get to spend about thirty minutes uh, programming uh, a, a pad for them downstairs. You know, I was like, I spent thirty minutes with it on Sunday afternoon when I was doing my walk downstairs. I actually—I was so busy at KnobCon yeah, that I didn't it. even see the second exhibit hall until Sunday, and yeah. like a third of the people had already left. And I got to figure out how do I how I do something about that because it's kind of rude when people do that. Delegation, um, huh?
0: Delegation.
2: Yeah. So, um, so I, um, I was, yeah. I spent some time with the Deep Mind on headphones and going through, you know, the different uh, menus and parameters and whatnot. And I thought it sounded really good. I I was. It's another thing that I really want to get my hands on. You know, I don't know what I'm going to use in place of the Juno because the Juno is like my next antique that I need to you know, get a replacement for and right. leave at home. Um, and then, uh, yeah, after that, the only, the oldest thing in my rig is going to be an uh, Eventide H3000. Uh, oh, why? Wow.
0: So it's like a kind of, it's a long-term replacement program that you're working on. It's yeah. like a five-year plan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's like, like, I, it's know, like yeah. a retirement fund, uh, of the retirement, <laughs> pl- yeah, but in reverse somehow, something like that.
2: Well, I, uh, the reason I started, I, I, the reason I built the case with, with the 808 and the 909 and and the the, the box and the, the Juno is because I, I wanted the learning experience of putting myself in the driver's seat of the gear that the people that I listened to uh, that made house music in the 80s the gear, what gear did they use and then you spend time right. with that learn the, like uh, it's quirks and like why they might do certain things or whatever and now that I've spent, you know, now that I spent like, uh, I don't know, like six, seven years with the 808 and the 909, well, I can use TR8s now because it's like, I still like those sounds, but I like how the TR8 uh, allows me to go a little bit beyond them, but still stay in the neighborhood, so to speak.
0: Yeah, I it. which is actually a perfect time to play this, uh, which I think if we've got, uh, uh, there should be a video on this, maybe there isn't. Oh, that's annoying. None of my videos are playing. Hey, Nick. Ah, oh, here we go. Hey, Nick. Hi, yes. How are you doing? So, product manager uh, for the sort of Serato slash Roland side of uh, side of things, which we've had right. a very exciting yes. 48 hours, well, 72 hours now. Again. This was just a talk yeah, with the product, okay. but he's the product That's manager of, for the oh, yeah, uh, new thing. This is the DJA LA. This is a totally new product category for you guys, right? Yep, new, new product category, um, new product, uh, born out of a collaboration between two strong brands, Roland, obviously the iconic. Musical instrument manufacturer that we all know and love, and um, the leader of digital DJ Serato. You got the message Uh, in there. Nice, uh, very, very well done there. I thought. Brand new product, the DJ 808. I'm not going to get all the demo stuff because I mean we know basically, you know, the sum of the parts is what makes this very interesting. Yeah, right. Because uh, uh, we've got essentially some of the guts of a TR8. Right. Yeah. Uh, drum machine, right? Well it has it has some of the guts and then it extends upon that. So it has the TRS sequencer, so you get all of the uh the bass drum snare drum close hat open hat and you can select either 909 right i'm not going to play all this but when i was talking this because basically they've you know as with many uh hardware manufacturers they team up with one of the dj side of things and they've done it with serato and this is their first foray into it and they've really gone for a big kind of bold statement you know it's a massive great thing it's quite weighty it's quite expensive it's a flagship product but the thing that i thought was really cool i don't know if you agree rich the fact that it's got this sort of mx1 capability you can plug host usb stuff in from the ira range ira link so you can bring those in it will it will clock from incoming stems which could either be you know records or what we loosely call records or your own stuff and that's the thing that i thought was pretty interesting it's kind of kind of quite a crazy it's starting to be like that could be the hub of a production uh, a production rig right
1: or a live performance rig it really yeah. does incorporating the analysis portion, the beat analysis into the connectivity aspects is really fascinating. And the fact that it's got a drum machine on board that you can use either as a step sequence drum machine, a la the Roland measure, or with pads where you play in, a la post-Lindrum behavior, um, it, and have all of that occurring in sync through this device next to that crazy mixer they released last year, which also gets clocked. I mean, they've really uh, created categories of products that didn't exist before. And it's really good that there are companies still around who can do that, regardless of the fact that they're huge corporations in this case. But um, this is exciting to me, this kind of R&D. And, uh, you know, the more I see... Musicians kicking their instruments to the closet and going out and doing DJ gigs—the more possibility there is that these things are going to be used in some really cool ways.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, when I was speaking to we didn't get the demo, but I was talking to him about the clocking is super fast. So I think if you, I watched a couple of the kind of presentation things from Nine Hundred and Nine Day, and the beat—I mean, obviously he was just doing fairly standard kind of te- fixed tempo kind of uh, uh, dance music. Tracks, but bringing the the T R eight sequencing drum machine in, and it was absolutely rock solid. I mean, I suit you use that. I mean, this is something that could be kind of pretty cool. I mean, if you were obviously, I'm, I'm guessing you're probably not playing out stems in your live setup, but you can kind of see where no, I I thought I'd, but you can see where this could actually lead to. I mean, it's not really just for DJs anymore. Apart from this has got a couple of platters on it, I'm sure you could find another nope, use for them, right? But it's a music creation well, platform. Yeah, I'm sorry, I've interrupted yeah. you. No, no, <laughs> you're right. You're no, you're absolutely right, Rich. I mean, that's the thing that's interesting, for to me. Did you? Uh, did, you did, did they have this there? You,
2: no, they did not have it there. Did you? Did did they have it there? Did they have the DJ eight hundred the eight hundred eight there? It, okay, I didn't see it. Um, I didn't see it. I I didn't even see it until your video actually. And I'm curious, what uh, what aspect of this is hardware and what aspect of this requires a computer
0: uh, right okay I believe um, the the TR8 sounds and uh, the drum machine side of it and I guess the sequence side because it's got MIDI out as well you could drive external MIDI gear will stand alone so it will work from an internal clock the uh, I think the VT there's also a VT vocal processor class processor in there so when you plug a mic in uh, this again requires, so you can take the key from the incoming, you know, Serato link, and all of the harmonisation and stuff will kind of follow that, so it'll be kind of, you know, in sync. Uh, I believe uh, the sampler stuff all needs the Serato component to work because that's triggering either sections of mixes or individual samples. And the other thing that was interesting, which is a shame that it doesn't necessarily have on it, is the uh, oh yeah, sorry, the MX mix. So if you're plugging in Ira stuff like a tr nine or you know other irolink things maybe even a system 8 i'm not sure you don't need the computer for that that will just come in and it will turn up in a couple of the channels so you've got that aspect it's the the interaction with the Serato software which i'm guessing is the bunch of the control surface stuff the uh the the sampling sequence side of things because the other thing he said was that was quite cool is you can have eight sample slots and they could be one shots or they could actually be loops so you could be running eight loops effectively in real time from that sequencer as well, but I think that needs to happen with the link uh, between the computer. So it's not as standalone as you know, a, a, as perhaps you might like, but it's designed to work in tandem. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, yeah, it does make sense. How many channels does the drum? Uh, how many track? How many drum tracks does it have? Wait.
0: Uh, I think the what the same as the TRA. Right? I think it's got six plus eight. But- Sample slots, is that right? I don't know, Rich, you, you...
1: He talked about something going from 6 to 8, and I think that was the sample slots. Yeah, but, I think um, that was the sample slot. It seemed to me like you could operate it like a normal drum machine where each virtual yeah. pad contains one sound under it. Yes. That you're then triggering, much like a traditional drum machine
0: would. Yeah, that, as long as it's one of the the, the Ira voices built in. But I, I guess... Yeah. It would also kind, have a trigger output. I'm trying to remember. It. It's got no. It had a MIDI output, so the right. clock it will send clock over MIDI, and it have. But I guess the thing is, if you were really living living the life, you could put decks in there, and try yeah. and, and and beat sync. You know, if you really wanted to go live, you could actually sync the drum machine to the decks. Via uh, the, the 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 tap tempo on board, and may there may be ways for it to 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 take a pulse from the input. I I am completely off grid there, and I wouldn't say it. Would be, but you could run it if you ran a phono into it, then you could have an actual turntable and then run the drum machine along with that. It might not be quite so absolutely locked on. I don't know, but it's still kind of interesting.
1: No, you're probably better off just sampling the bit you want to use in real time, if it works as effectively as, say, Ableton Live would in something like that, then if you could sample, you know, four bars of that, trim it in real time, and then have it, th- then it would perform its normal analysis anyway on the digital file. Yeah. Trying to analo- analyze analog audio on the way in and synchronize all that digital stuff to it, I- I'd be pretty surprised if it did that.
0: Yeah, and well, it doesn't sample standalone, which is, that would be a cool thing. But, you know, this is flagship. There may be all sorts of other right. derivations of this right coming along.
1: Right and there's no paradigm for this. You know they're they're inventing this thing. So uh and it reminds us a little bit of certain other devices that we're starting to see proliferate, you know, some of the native instruments hardware. Which brings me to the other most interesting piece of hardware I saw which is the new machina controller.
0: Yeah, that's that? I've just seen that. Um, Let me see if I've got the video for that. Let me just check. Yeah, here we go. This is the promo that came out. uh, This was a couple of days ago. All these real time. Great for. uh, It's got a kind of push stroke circuit vibe to it. A little bit. I won't play the whole thing, but uh, yeah, that's the new Machina Jam, which is hardware that links up with the Machina. Again, it's controller; it's not, whole, uh, and it's got that kind of grid type of vibe, and it uses some of the same uh, paradigms with the, the, using a section of the grid for uh, voicing and a section for, for for sequencing that side of it. It's got a lot of stuff going on there, and, I, and I'm guessing if you're in that world, this is another great vibe so what was it that caught your caught your um eye then rich eight real-time ribbon controllers
1: that are assignable to any number of different things in real time is what caught my eye i mean yes it does look uh a little bit it reminds us of ableton's push it seems to stand on the shoulders of something of what they've done and extend itself into some other areas as well that relate to their machine environment but um Being able to use those eight-ribbon controllers to control things in real time like that is really cool to me. And uh, the demos, of course, contain the usual heavy resonant filtering tricks and stuff like that. But in general, it looks like another really interesting piece of hardware that in some level is a little bit groundbreaking, kind of like the Roland in that regard, the Roland Serato product.
0: Uh Uh-huh. I guess the thing about is the thing about ribbon controls. I don't know uh, whether you DJ or whether you use any software side of, of that side of things like machiner and that kind of stuff, or I'm guessing you're probably primarily hardware, right?
2: Uh, well, it's not, it's not a matter of what I'm promoting. It's just that I, I don't really use any soft sense anymore at all, except for maybe what's in digital performer. Right. And uh, so I'm I'm, a, I'm, <laughs> I'm, 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 so, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't, I'm not gonna have I, I I it looks great, you know. Like uh I don't really know anything about machine. I'm sorry. No, I, uh, I must
0: admit I, I must admit I'm 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 exactly the same. so oh, it's I, cool. I, yeah, you it's use cool. it. Do you do you use it, Rich? I have used it. I'm not right. like
1: as fluent on guy. It as the people who are really fluent on it, but I dig it and I see where where, how and why it works i 'm more familiar with the original version, and I understand mostly through gaz 's uh, enthusiasm how much better it 's gotten since then but uh it 's an incredibly cool uh sequencing environment on its own that 's hardware driven
0: it 's a standalone thing i I should a uh, few facts and figures about machine jam it looks like it 's going to be about three nine nine u s dollars so maybe a bit less than u k pounds it comes with uh, something called Complete 116 Se- uh, Select, which is like 9 gigabyte library, which includes Massives, Reactor Prism, Monarch, The Gentleman, Drum Lab, Retro Machines Mark II, Vintage Organs, Discovery Series, West Africa, Scarby Mark I, Solid Bus Compressor and Replica. So it's kind of, it's like a vehicle for selling more complete as well and bringing people into the complete, because I'm imagining well, once you start with complete, you're kind of going, mm, I really need some of that other stuff. So, you know, it's that, the, the one thing that did seem to come up, uh, it doesn't have velocity sensitive pads, which I think possibly you know one of the, but really? that many pa- yeah apparently not they're not they're just uh, triggers so that's that's really? what that's what I was reading <laughs> yeah wow, yeah that seems but maybe, 3.99 uh,
1: is really reasonable and not to make too much of a point of this but the Roland product is pretty expensive yeah oh I'm yeah not absolutely I'm carrying the, them as products they're completely different they're only interesting the to D, me the
0: 8 yes it is yeah, it's yeah, a, but it's that's a, a pretty
1: pricey and
0: large piece of gear yeah I, I would agree i mean it's designed i mean but i've noticed that before because i mean whenever i go to buy a case for something like you know i've got a keyboard i think oh a dj case would fit that i can i can buy like a soft case for a keyboard you know i bought one for the mini log it was like 20 quid same size case with dj moniker it's 70 quid <laughs> it's like you buy anything for a D- there seems to be a premium for the dj side of things and i'm never sure why that is but you know that's just the way it goes so maybe that's part of it sorry suit. you wanted to come yeah. in there
2: yeah, yeah. Is, there a re- is this a replacement for the old machine?
0: Hardware, no, no, not at all. This... Not at all. It's so just it's an, a
2: secondary product?
0: Yeah. You can yeah, run it. It's an it, interface okay. that can sit side by side with a
1: machine and you can run them simultaneously as one large expanded instrument. I think they have a video in which they show workflows okay. in which the guy's doing that and it all sort of makes sense as you watch him operate it all.
0: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, it's not the thing about push is it's more integrated because you have kind of a large uh, LCD aspect to it where you're seeing you don't really need to have so much interaction with the computer. And it's more um, there's a bit more feedback from that point of view. It's dynamic feedback. Not more than what's on the
1: machine hardware or the track. Ah, no, well, perhaps not. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, Ableton's push. They're also in the machine uh, literature. This device that we were just describing—I forget what it's called—machine, whatever it is. um, They also jam that they have uh, some form of interfacing with Ableton Live, where you could do clip launching and things like that.
0: Yeah, that would make total sense. I mean, you have to really. I mean, that's. I wonder if they they kind of because obviously two. Two big German software houses, you know, competing products in many ways. Uh, I wonder that that's, it's good that there's that, it's good that there's that you know that recognition of one to the other because sometimes these things can get very exclusive and and be a little bit you know competitive and that's great.
1: Well, it's interesting that their products fall into different primary categories. In other words, Native Instruments doesn't actually primarily sell sequencing and DAW no, software, sure. although Machine could be very could be called sequencing software if one wants to it's, it's sort of in a drum machiney kind of format but it's basically a sequ- a big expanded exciting sequencer but ableton is a whole nother planet and then that crosses over towards bitwig and you know
0: Yeah, no, absolutely, absolutely. Well, um, if you're interested in that, obviously, go and check it out, Uh, 399. I'm guessing that they've done a great job. There's a whole bunch of videos on it if you're interested in exploring that kind of world. And it does, it kind of, it it feels, it's it's got a slight vibe of circuit, a slight vibe of push, but it's also got a lot more of its own thing going on, including all those controllers. So um, we're heading a little bit close to where we would probably uh, call it a day. I just wondered um, what you thought. I don't know suit whether you're a mac user or whether you're kind of whether you get stuck in all of that kind of i guess if you're not using a lot of software so if you're using daws are you running that on? if you're running on performer you must be on a mac right I'm guessing
2: yes I am a Mac user
0: Well, you may be uh, pleased to know, uh, or not, uh, that uh, there's a new uh, OS coming out, which I think, what what are they calling it? They're calling it... uh, Sierra. Sierra. Mac Mac OS Sierra. There's no X to be found. No Xs, yeah. So there's a different naming convention. And obviously, um, Peter Kern's written a a great article on this, actually, which is... uh, the news is that there's been a lot of problems with El Capitan, which is 10.10.11, 10. Uh, 10 and above, wasn't it? Which, some, some, I, for some people.
1: That seems really unfair to me. Right. They found a niche of people, tiny little niche of people who <laughs> use one particular hardware product that didn't work straight out of the box with an operating system that it didn't claim to be compatible with. And this whole thing is built on that.
0: Well, is it I mean, I thought that there was uh some navis Yes it is uh, I read the articles. stuff as well
1: i read right. I read up on this when I saw this guy's article because I was like really i test i've been using Sierra for a while now and i had used El capitan before most people had and and I've been running d a w software and all of this stuff, and I'm not really suffering right okay I think that this i think there's There's a tendency to want Apple to fail right now because everybody wants to feel justified in their sense that it was Jobs all holding it all together in the first (laughs) place. I'm serious.
0: No, I I, I can I can dig that. I I think there's and not only that it extends
1: to the, the reception of iOS 10, it extends to the reception that is being heaped upon this iPhone 7 and and then it also extends in some level to the, the complaints about the kind of synth hardware that's being released right now like if every single day doesn't bring some sort of enormous groundbreaking event everybody's failing us and i just <laughs> think that's insane
0: yeah what do they call it what's the what's the curve when when you get um it's uh, the law basically when you just get the the, the 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 speed of change gets so fast that it just becomes forget, almost Moore's
1: impossible. law says Moore's that law. Uh, the cost and the size will inversely, you know, one will double while the other one halves over the course of some short period of time. But in this case, I don't know. I read up on this El Capitan thing and like I said, I could find an early threat a thread of early adopters who tried to make it work with a piece of hardware that wasn't specified to work with that operating system. Now it took them a while to catch up to making that piece of hardware uh-huh. work with the operating system. And I'm sympathetic to those people who were in that, you know, those fifty people who were in that boat. But um the whole thing then gets built up into this, you know, enormous, you know, whoa, Apple Capitan's
0: obviously a crap operating system then. Well, no, it's not.
2: And neither
1: is Sierra
0: going to be. Trust me. I'm I'm sure (laughs) you're right. I'm sure you're right. I mean, I think that there's this sort of sense. I don't know if you are There's a sense that um, what tends to happen is, you know, creative types, people who are into creativity find an OS and they think this is for us, and then they kind of resist what they perceive as the corporatization of it and the, the fact that it's then becoming... Kind of dumbed down in their way, you know. So they're looking for I don't know. I don't know, what what OS system are you using? Suit. So let's uh, let's start with that. Have you have <laughs> that's you got why, Joel that's why <laughs> <That's why
2: laughs> I was smiling want? earlier. I, I can't wait to tell you guys what software I'm using. Okay, so my main work computer is a 2006 Mac Pro. Okay. With ten point six point eight, because I'm still using Adobe uh, Adobe Creative Suite two uh, in Rosetta. OK, and uh, uh, my laptop is 10.8 and I refuse to update it, which means that I had to have Enrique from Novation update my circuit at Nobcon because their updater doesn't work unless you have 10.10 or 10.11. And I didn't want to download six gigabytes of OS just so I could update my circuit. And, um, you know, so like this is this is one of the reasons why I use hardware and why I'm scared of things like machine that are kind of hardware but also need software to work is that, you know, I, Apple is this company that basically they they have they have a severe mission creep problem where they have a good idea and they start working towards this good idea, then they hit perfection and they can just stop and then they keep going. And I I I, I can't I, I I can't I cannot deal with um i don't know whatever i don't know
0: how i'm going to continue uh, that is uh, it's interesting to say actually the mac that this is coming through is a running 10.6.8 and it's a 2009 mac pro but you know that's beside the (laughs) beside the point there's
1: nothing wrong with planting a flag at a certain point in technology and saying this is where i want to stop i'm quite happy here and i'll work like this for the rest of my days there's absolutely nothing wrong with that but if you're in the business of selling stuff you gotta make new stuff to s- stuff to sell every yeah. year, or you're going out of business and you won't be se- you'll be selling donuts. So none of this is hard to understand, and it wasn't invented with the synthesizer business. Look at the Razor business for crying out loud. Look at oh, almost any business. They're all bulbs, making classic, new yeah. stuff every year, even though the last one worked fine. Yeah. Right? Am I it's right?
0: Sort of, yeah, you're right. It's sort of the, There's that famous story, isn't it, about the guys who made uh, light bulbs in Germany in the 1920s, and then they their light bulbs lasted, like, years, and then they realized that this was really dumb because everybody had a light bulb, and the only time it would break is if someone actually had an accident and broke it so they decided to start making them and this is well documented they decided they got together with all the other manu- manufacturers they got together and they said hey you know what we need to make our light bulbs more crappy so that their life cycle is shorter so we can keep selling them and that's you know that's the sort of beginnings of that whole planned obsolescence which i think is different in software but you're right to an extent i mean it has to be planned in because you know people were, and it's not just about selling more stuff it's about you know, as technology it's increases not, huh? and we get well, well, yeah, it is. But it's it's also about the 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 in, the increasing miniaturization, which requires different chipsets and blah, blah blah. I mean, I guess if you built everything so it was backwards compatible the whole time, and we've we've discussed that in the past, where you just end up with this huge legacy of kind of like this bit has to go here, this little branch because otherwise, if the the person who's still using OS seven needs to be able to kind of do the doo doo with that, you know, and you end up with. You know, a mess, too. Sometimes you got you get into
1: backward compatibility issues. But like I said, it's the nature of any kind of business and certainly any kind of software driven business that if you don't keep putting out new products, you're going to be gone next year.
0: Yeah. Well, it's very
1: simple. Your family, you and your wife and kids will not be eating based on the income from that company pretty soon. It's just the way it works. Yeah. I, I mean, suppose- for people who are into it for the longevity, if you're Dave Smith and you're into it for the love of doing it and you build them 50 at a time or whatever, that's fine. I mean, I'm not advocating for this. It's just my observation that none of this is
0: either surprising or weird or unique to this business. No, I would agree with that. And I think the thing is, is there come... I think there's the, this represents one of those kind of things where you end up with the, the creative world up against the business world. And there's this sort of... Uncomfortable friction between the two, and sometimes you see that. I guess people who are creative like to think of themselves as individuals, and not actually having to toe the line. And, you and can't when has to. there ever
1: been a more productive time for creative people to be in a hardware marketplace than in the age of Euro Rack and Modular?
0: That's very true. Very true. Right. Uh, I'm not sure where I can take this after that, but I, I think your point's <laughs> completely valid. But yeah, and also uh, too. I mean. Start staying in a place of time, software-wise, and just keeping the system going is fine. But there, come, there well, often comes a point where it's like I really want to use this, but I can't because I need that. And then that's when it starts to change, and you have to I, increment.
2: I guess my question is like, what has been the significant? What is like? What has been a significant uh, uh, development in computers since like the mid 2000s Now I know that you might laugh at that question. But I'm still using a 2006 Mac Pro to do all of my communication uh, and uh, and design my products. And uh, you know, all I see is hard drives getting bigger, so you know the NSA can record more of our phone calls. Well, and, yeah, uh, <laughs> and I, then I, you know I what they I... have like uh, take the headphone out uh, the headphone jack out so they can put a lightning connector on there and make you buy a different kind of connector for that.
0: Yeah, but as Rich said, that's the business side of it. I mean, I think what I'd counter that, I'd say, well, what's happened is resolution's gone up, audio resolution has increased massively, so bus speed has to increase, memory and processor has to increase to be able to deal with that. Try running on a 2006 Mac 24-bit 96K session with any kind of DSP processing that's native. You know, you're going to run out of stuff pretty quickly. And, and, you know, that comes into a whole new kind of kettle of fish, like, okay, well, everybody should only need four tracks, whatever. They don't. They do whatever they want, and that's the way it goes. Mm. So there is that aspect to it. You know, yes, if if you were running everything at lower resolution, there is no need to increase. But it, as resolution has increased and as those things that we perceive as being better because the resolution is higher, which is, you know, a moot point, you may disagree, you need more processing to deal with it. So, I mean, that's a simple march of
2: Right, right. But my my. I mean, like, my Mac Pro has, like, it's a quad-core 2.6 gigahertz machine. Like, what are they up to now? Are they, like, 12-core now?
0: I, uh, I, yeah, 12. Well, they're, they're, the new ones are i-somethings, are aren't they? That's not quite the same structure, but, yeah. I
2: mean, but it, so what it all allows you to do is do more of the same stuff you were doing 10 years ago. There's not really a new development.
0: More capability, right, and yeah. faster less kind of waiting for things and you know which is yeah that's another issue but you know hey we no longer have to wait for the two inch tape to rewind to go back to the beginning and <laughs> listen to that pattern anymore so you know that's not so much of an issue well before we descend into a kind of uh horse and cart kind of uh it was much better <laughs> in the old days kind of thing i i could just i think perhaps it's a time to wrap things up it's five past five we've been uh, talking for a while so i want to say thank you very much to everybody for joining us we will say thank you to the chat room Awesome! Oh no, that's not the button I wanted to press, and uh, now this is going to happen. So hopefully, it'll come back. There we go. No, th- oh, that, oh, I want to say thank you to the chat room there we go for joining <laughs> us uh, that 's the sonicstate.com forward slash live and also the at guy, guys and gals in the YouTube live stream uh, also say thank you to isotope for the sponsor of the show uh, just in case you missed it we are going to be running the competition so you to enter the competition to win uh, isotope vocal synth it's thick octaves the hashtag one word and vocal synth one word to at sonic state and at isotope Inc via twitter that 's thick octaves and vo- try saying that really fast and vocal synth to at sonic state and act ak- at isotoping, I am now getting very t- tongue-tied, but I want to say thank you very much to uh, Suit and Tie Guy for joining us. Uh, great, congratulations for NobCon. I really, really want to thank try you. and get there next year. I hope I can make it, and I hope it continues I, I, to.
2: I, I, NobCon will not have really became, you know, NobCon will not truly arrive until you're there, Nick.
0: Wow. So I, well, I'm I'm I did. Fit, on
2: you.
0: I have this thing that what happens is I sort of say. I'd really like to go uh, and then, you know, it's like, oh, man, I've, there's all this other stuff happening on. I really should. And then, and then I have remorse when I see the stuff going through and I go, actually, that is a really good fun. And I really wish I'd gone, but it's just something that I couldn't manage, make to happen. But thank you. For, I know you extended the invite and I will I will make it one day, hopefully next time. So thank you, Sue.
2: Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be on here.
0: And, Rich, thank you also for joining us too. Uh, and I hope – are you back for a little while now or are you kind of uh, back out on the road? I guess party um, season's over until w- what,
1: Christmas? Yeah, uh, A week from tomorrow we go do, uh we go suffer our way to the south of France for a private gig. Ugh. And then uh, – <laughs> How, mu- how much then- wine
0: can you bring back on the plane?
1: <laughs> I, well, actually, yeah. Not much. Nothing thought, but uh, no, <laughs> and the bags get really heavy. But uh, that, and then there's a festival locally here in the New York area. The Fol- this year's uh, version of the Fold Festival is the eighth of October,
0: outside. You, in- do you go to Japan as well in the autumn, in the fall? We
1: often do, but this year we're not. And oh. uh, after the Fold Festival, um, it's going to be a little quiet, gig-wise, for a while. But that's good because I've got some things I need to take care of here.
0: Well, Rich, thank you very much for joining us. Uh, been a pleasure having you. And again, thanks, Suit, uh, for joining us too. That's it for this week. We'll say thank you very much. Uh, that was Sonic Talk uh, episode uh, ooh, 463, uh, recorded today, 14th of September. Uh, we'll see you next time. Don't forget to subscribe.